We're back. <laughs> this is Dub on the Ump. Season 5, Episode 3, ostensibly a baseball blog. Walking us on this evening of January 21st. Martin Luther King Day is the sweet singing of Eric Thames, former Milwaukee brewer, now experiencing a second career in South Korea. That was him on the Masked Singer, Korean version, before it's taken over the United States. I think you have that backwards, Joe. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure he's current. <laughs> yeah, I think I think he used to play in in South Korea, but now it plays for the Brewers. Yeah, one of the home run hit, leading hitters. Of this the was league. January 2019. So did he go back to Korea? To be he went on back to compete on the masked singer. On the masked singer. Oh, he's already he was like he's much more famous in Korea than he is here because he's he played there for years and was like a, a national star, right? Playing for some Korean team. Oh, I thought <laughs> he was after post Brewers playing in Korea. He was single-handedly won me fantasy baseball last year. Okay, so he's probably not playing in Korea. Gotcha. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, I'll get my fact-checkers on that one. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, as you probably know, my name is Joel. I am broadcasting in from Champaign, Illinois. With me already are Sam and Eli. Gentlemen, how is it going this evening? Uh What's up, Joe? <clears throat> this is Sam. I'm broadcasting live from Brooklyn, New York. My hot take today is with the Patriots beating the uh, Kansas City Chiefs in overtime. The Patriots are, will be facing the Rams in the Super Bowl, uh, which is the second national sports championship in a row featuring uh, Boston and L.A. And my hot take is that... Uh, the recurring Boston LA matchups in the in the finals is a sign of a glitch in the matrix, uh, and we are just going to be seeing. We're it's going to be uh, Lakers and Celtics, followed by uh, King, Kings, King Bruins, and the Bruins, uh, and it's just going to keep going like this. And we're living in the matrix, and this is a sign of a glitch in the algorithm. What if it's not a glitch? What if our robot overlords are actually just big Boston sports fans. Right, they just really like order. Yeah. <laughs> or they got lazy to like rewriting the code. <laughs> they got lazy rewriting the code. Right, <laughs> exactly. Like, North sports thing is getting boring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, they already had LeBron go to eight consecutive finals. Now they've got. Uh, Tom Brady going to, what was it, his eighth consecutive AFC championship and now his third consecutive Super Bowl? Yeah. Yep. They're just copy-pasting. They're just copy-pasting the code. Right. Yeah. Like, LeBron James and Tom Brady are the same base code line, yeah. and they just, like, changed a few aesthetic things. 
we could probably throw Serena Williams in there too. They're on cheat code. They're on cheat code. That's what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. Eli, what's up with you? Uh, hey, fellas. Uh, this is Eli coming at you from Boston. Um, my hot take is also Super Bowl related. Um, just moments ago, the Mercedes Benz Stadium in Atlanta announced that it will be keeping hot dogs at $2. Sweet. And beers at $5 for the Super Bowl, which sounds super altruistic if you don't take into account that immediately following the Patriots' win last night, someone got on StubHub and purchased eight tickets at the 50-yard line for $180,000. Damn. <laughs> so I'm not sure exactly who they're... <laughs> Trying to save money for at the at this game, but uh, all the blue all the blue collar fans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All the blue collar fans who can't spend more than two dollars on a hot dog. My question is: Are the Patriots going to have home field advantage, home crowd advantage at the Super Bowl? Both teams have to travel a long ways, but are there any LA Rams fans out there? It's a good question. Yeah could be a, a factor in the Super Bowl. Well, well, we'll talk a lot more about the AFC, NFC championship games. We'll talk a lot more about Super Bowl LII 53. My name is Joel. I'm coming in from Champaign, Illinois. My hot take is local. University of Illinois men's basketball team put a whooping on Minnesota. 95-68 last week. Illinois improves to... Five wins and 12 losses, and finally got their first Big Ten win over Minnesota. I was thinking about this because I was watching this game at the ball. I don't follow college basketball very closely, but I just saw a team that was tired of losing finally getting the opportunity to put the beat down on another team. You could just see the Illinois players acting out all their frustrations about going 0-5 in conference play. And just, you know, they won by 27 points. Just got me to thinking about that cathartic value that you have in sports. Sometimes you just really need to beat the shit out of somebody for no other reason because you are tired of losing. Yeah, I, I think that... Um, sometimes you just need to beat the shit out of people because you also just need to win so bad. You know? Right. Like, do you think it might... No, there isn't... Going back to the New England Patriots, there were a number of seasons kind of in a row where they would they would win games like 55 to 16 and just kind of run up the score. Uh-huh. And people would get really upset about it and, like, complain about it. But it feels good. It feels good to run up the score sometimes. Right. Yeah. No, I am not opposed to running up the score whatsoever. Most of the time. Um, also, there's the reverse factor, right? Like you come into a team to face a team that's <clears throat> hasn't won in a long time, and you sort of let down your guard. Oh yeah. And so then they get ambushed. Like, yeah. Yeah, you sort of take the game for granted, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're playing half as hard as you might have if it was a com- supposed to be a competitive game and then yeah. by the time you adjust you're already down yeah 20 points and it's halftime yeah. yeah that makes sense 
It was a whooping, though. It was really interesting to watch. Um, yo, I want to thank everyone who listened last week to our episode on Yasiel Puig and Cincinnati Chili. I showed you guys I got to eat some Cincinnati Chili this week. Yeah, did you make it? I made it, yeah. It was after all that all that talk. I was like, God damn it, I'm going to go make myself. I didn't some see Cincinnati. a bun on that though. Is there no bun? No bun. I should have gotten buns, but no, I didn't put any buns. Is there typically a bun? Well, technically, you eat it like a hot dog. They give you a hot dog in a bun, and then on top of the hot dog is the spaghetti, and then the chili and the beans on top of that. Uh, I didn't go get any buns, so it was pretty delicious, but I have pooped like three times today, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it looked pretty damn good. Yeah. <laughs> Joel sent us a picture. <laughs> I posted it on Twitter also. Shout out to uh, our Twitter friend, Southside Mofo. He was like, what are you eating? <laughs> I was like, he's like, is that Italian nachos? It looks disgusting. <laughs> it is kind of like Italian it nachos. It is like Italian so nachos. Yeah. <laughs> With just, a hot dog. Right. <laughs> It's all about the hot dog. I think the hot dog is key. Um, so, yeah, so if you want to learn more about Cincinnati Chili and Yasio Puig, uh, listen to last week's episode. You can check us out on SoundCloud on iTunes. If you check us out on iTunes, uh, please give us a rating and a review. Shout out to everybody who listened last week. You know, Champaign, Illinois, Bend, Oregon. Portland, Oregon, Gresham, Oregon. Uh, shout out to Ashburn, Virginia. Welcome back. Uh, uh, Montpelier, Vermont, Moscow, Dosvidania. This town in Alabama, I had a question about. If you live in Tallassy, Alabama, T A L L A S S E E. Uh, should it give, give us a, uh, a line? I want to know what it's like to live in tall, assy Alabama. I think the E's are silent. So, yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just tall, ass Alabama. Tall, ass Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like someone was trying to spell Tallahassee and. Right, and forgot to let forgot the H in yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> I had some questions about that. Um, and shout out to our listeners in Quincy. We had a bunch of listeners in Quincy, Massachusetts. Uh, so Patriots fans, I'm assuming. Eli, do you, is that you? Is that your, your friends? Yeah, it's probably around here. Yeah. Um, so I was reading up on Quincy, Massachusetts. They had a minor league basketball team in the 1970s. It's um, called? Uh, the... Uh, what were they called? The Quincy Chiefs. Uh, they finished 12-19 and 19 and went to the playoffs because it's basketball. Right. <laughs> but lost to the eventual champions from Wilkes-Barre. Uh, they had a baseball team, the Shipbuilders, who competed yes. in the New England League in the 30s but moved to Nashua. They had a soccer team the Boston Minutemen in the 70s. I think um, my point is that Quincy's really got a theme, and they're sticking with it. 
Yeah, they really love their minor league sports. I think just recently they announced that they're getting a, a professional, well, I guess this isn't minor leagues, but a professional lacrosse team is coming here. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, I'm not sure. We should look that up because what that it's not the National Lacrosse League. You can get like lacrosse on Xbox. I know that. Um, Kobe's oh, you think it's like a like an online lacrosse. No, team? no, no, no. It's real lacrosse. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just lacrosse saying. Live. <laughs> Like the FIFA World Champion, the soccer video game champion. Yeah, exactly. FIFA, FIFA Lacrosse. FIFA Lacrosse, whatever the FIFA equivalent. Two K twenty. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's fun. We should be uh, get into lacrosse also. Uh, I also, if we get the chance to talk about the Quidditch coin, remind me of that because I got some Quidditch updates. Um, so yeah, so thanks to everybody in Quincy, Massachusetts. Let us know how your lacrosse team is going, and uh, the cannons. The can- Oh, that's a good name. The Quincy, Quincy cannons. cannons. Well, they they're actually moving. It looks like they're moving from Boston, and they're called the Boston Cannons. They should. So named when they move into Quincy, which, they should, which is adjacent to Boston. Right. It's not like it's a far move. They should be the Quincy Cannons, and they should spell cannon with a Q. Ooh, yeah, that would be good. Uh, you got you. I think that like Quincy should also get a professional Quidditch club to go yes. back to, and it could be called the Quincy Quidditch Club. Club also spelled with a Q. <laughs> uh, should we maybe just go straight into the Quincy uh, Quidditch? Yeah, yeah, maybe we the should. Quidditch corner. I want right to pull now, it up. Yeah, let me pull this up. This weekend in uh, uh, California was the. The Heroes versus Villains Invitational 2. <laughs> they had all these Quidditch teams. There was a big tournament. Um, I'm going to see who won. Uh, uh, it, was in, it was hosted in Torrance, California. Cal Quidditch and the LA Gambits, that's a good name for a Quidditch team, are once again co-hosting a one-of-a-kind Invitational Tournament. Um, but who won? I want, here we go. Here we go. Who won the championship? There are no losers in Quidditch. Yeah, they are. Every, every game. <laughs> uh, Quidditch games don't last very long. They last about 30 minutes. That's interesting. Uh, UCLA lost to Kansas 150-50. to 50. I don't know if that was the, the title game or not. Oh no! I think it. I think uh, the champions were the hosts, the L.A. Gambits, defeated. Are they a villain or a hero? They were Team B, so I'm gonna assume villains. Um, they need a. Oh, he. They need a goddamn uh, bracket that I can look at. They don't have a bracket. They just have game results. But it looks like. The- yeah. If you're on the B team of the villains, does that mean that you're just not that villainous? Or yeah. Or not that good? No, yeah. Well, <laughs> you're kind of like not that right. Kind of not. Oh. <laughs> right. They, the team that uh, the LA Gambits beat for the championship was Boom Train from Chicago. Wow. Boom Train? Boom Train. Huh. Like a train that goes boom. 
So shout out to that. Other teams with the, the Bosnian Bear Sharks. Texas Cavalry, we've covered them before. Texas Hill Country Heat. The Long Beach Funky Quaffles. And UCLA. It's funny when you have the uh, college teams and the club teams in the same tournament. Right. right. I wonder if there's a rivalry between the Long Beach Funky Quaffles and just UCLA. And where's, like, the East Coast College Quidditch representation? No, it was all uh, west of the Mississippi, it looks like. It looks like Texas, California, and the Midwest. Well, no, Bo the Bosnian Bear Sharks, sharks that's Boston. Oh, NY. Are they New York? Boston, New York. Yeah. That makes sense. University of Texas, University of Kansas, Cal, UCLA. So shout Is it out an L.A. Boston final matchup. Um, no, close. That would have been that would have been that would have been taking the Matrix to a whole new level. <laughs> uh, it looks like the number one Quidditch team in the country right now is Maryland at sixteen and one. Damn. Yeah. What's their name? Their seeker must be bombed. Yeah, it just says Maryland Quidditch. I feel like the university teams aren't being very uh, creative. It's probably the Terrapins. Yeah, I'm also going to say that like, you would think a like, Quidditch league would have better tech support. This website sucks. Yeah, get on. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you think like, that? You just would have to imagine that like, at least one player per team is a huge computer. Right. Know, That's a good point. Yeah, they definitely need to get this uh, website up and running. Anyway, that's we uh, give us a shout out, U.S. Quidditch. Let us know when your next tournament's coming yeah. up. And you know, work on your name, Maryland Quidditch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we also need to get press passes to one of these things. Right. Yeah. yeah. Also, if you need any help with naming um, Sam does run a consulting service for That's true. naming franchises. So. It's like consulting marketing. Right. Yeah. I've uh, unofficially worked with uh, the XFL. Right. right. Vince McMahon's <laughs> got your phone number in his Rolodex. Yeah, exactly. Because it's 1986. Right. Yeah. He has no idea how it got there. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, football. Um, man, I watched these two uh, championship games. I was very, very entertained. and But also, I loved it because I think we also saw ways in which professional football, professional American football, is totally broken at the end of both of those games. Um, what did you guys think? Well, I didn't see the Saints game, but apparently there was a really bad missed call. Like hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was atrocious. Uh, I would say the <clears throat> I thought the Rams. Uh, it's um, yeah, the Saints Rams game was pretty boring, really, until the very end. Uh huh. And that might be I you know I'm gonna. Like, Pats fan, so mm -hmm. there could have been <clears throat> that aspect to it, but 
Um, it really didn't seem like much happened at all until sort of the fourth quarter. Right. But uh, as probably most of you either know or have heard, that the it's really boiled down to one play that happened within the red zone with the Saints with the ball. And um, uh, Drew Brees passing a quick out to one of his receivers who, before the ball got there, was <laughs> flat-out tackled. <laughs> I've got theories. I've got theories. It's been very one. illegal and happened yeah. right in front of a rapid <laughs> for some God-knows reason was not called. Um, what are your theories? Uh, I think... Okay, I think the defender, I forget his name, but the guy who was playing for the Rams, he had stumbled. And I think that he thought he had already been beat and that he thought the ball was coming sooner than it actually was. So he was just going for the flat-out tackle, thinking that he had to scramble, go fast, and knock the guy out to stop the touchdown. Because otherwise... If that ball was caught, that could be a touchdown very easily. He thought that he was further behind than he actually was. So that's why it was such a blatant pass interference. The guy didn't care at that point. Yeah, I think he actually came out today and said something to that effect. Yeah. Uh, The quote was... I I know after the game, the media showed him the play and he was like, oh, yeah, that's pass interference. Oh, yeah, he was not <laughs> disputing that one. Right. Nobody disputes right. that, that was pass interference. Uh, not even the league. Yeah. You know, they, like, the, the refs, like, called and apologized. <laughs> and you want to know something crazy is that uh, the there's a marketing, uh, not a marketing company, a, a online betting company in... Uh, New Jersey, who is um, refunding all over/under bets? I saw that that that, uh, that loss because of that play. I think that setting a dangerous that game precedent. Would have ended ha- call yeah. Up and yeah, the the Saints. Have the call been called. It, assuming the Saints would make a chip shot field goal, right? Or scored a touchdown. Or scored a touchdown. My other theory is that the ref thought that ball was going to be intercepted. Because if you watch it again, the defender, if he turns around, if he actually thinks about where the ball actually was in the air, he could have intercepted that ball. He was just so focused on making the tackle, thinking that the ball was already about to be caught, that he didn't realize he could turn around and intercept it. And I think the ref had that in mind, which is why he held on to the flag. Still, it's the wrong call. But I think the ref was so surprised that there wasn't an interception that he didn't call pass interference. If that makes sense at all. I don't know if that does. Yeah, I'm, I'm stealing this from someone else. I heard someone else say this, but I think it's true. Is that you get deep into these games, you know, and NFC championship games... And I think that it probably gets in the refs' heads a lot. Yeah. You know, they don't want to be that ref that makes that call. Yeah. That changes the outcome of the game. Yeah. And, like, things do happen quickly, but um, 
you wonder how what level of 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 the pressure is also getting to the reps, let alone, you know, forget the players. Right, and, and I agree with you. The last thing the ref wants to do is decide the game on a controversial call. I think they've been taught it's better if it's controversial to do a no call than to make the call. Right, make the wrong call. Make the wrong call. But I think this points to a larger problem specifically with pass interference in the NFL. So much changes if you call a pass interference. Maybe not on that play, but how many times... Okay, here's what I believe. They should change the rules so that pass interference, defensive pass interference, is not a spot foul. I think it should be at most a 15-yard foul in the first down. Because that makes it so valuable. You can gain 50 yards on a pass interference call. Yeah, but see, here's the thing, is that if they do that, and a defender feels like they've been burned, they're just going to automatically foul. Because 15 yards will be better than what they think they're going to give up. Yeah, yeah, that's That's the problem with changing the rule that way. Yeah, it's so subjective. Everybody gets mad about pass interference calls. I don't know. I don't know how they can change it. That was one idea. The other would be, do you want to make every call reviewable? Maybe every call under two minutes reviewable. I don't know. Well, every call under two minutes in the second half um, is actually reviewed from the booth. But not not a no call. A no call is not reviewable. No. Only calls that are reviewable will be reviewed. And a no call is not reviewable. Right. And pass interference call is not reviewable either. Right. No. And I mean, I don't know. I think that the review thing, it's like, yeah, umps and refs, they fuck up because they're terrible. But, like, what are you just going to, like, I mean, I don't think more review is the answer. I think the answer right. is to just, like, make a computer do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, figure yeah. out a computer to do it all. Right. And yeah. fire those stupid refs. Right. And then people like bitch about the computers. You know, it's right. like the the fact is is that, you know, what people are gonna fuck up and so then maybe but it's the point is is that like the people who like don't get the people who get burned by bad calls or no calls are gonna fucking complain and the people who don't aren't. And it's like it goes both ways. It's not like right. the refs are partial or anything. They're just right. bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, like, if it's a real, if it's really a problem to you, just you know, they have camera angles on everything. You can like write a code. You know, just tap into our robot overlords. Right. <laughs> you know, matrix algorithm and have them ref the game. And so, then you know? suddenly, Boston and LA are just winning every game. For some right, reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The odds get worse for all the other teams. Right. Uh, no, there's something to be said about that. I mean, we see it already happening in a game like tennis, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Like that, they now have the line, uh, they can, they, whatever, they can appeal to the judge on the line calls, and then they have a robot that somehow can tell where the ball landed in that last play, zoom in as close as it needs to go, and tell within a hair whether or not the ball is in or out. Yeah. 
Um, I think that that's probably where it's headed. Yeah. Because no one disputes that, you know, like no one even questions how that shit's done. They're just like, oh, the computer said it was in. <laughs> right. Would passive feelings be as simple as that, though? I think if you wanted computers to take over baseball when you're just calling balls and strikes, that would be easy. But pass interference, you do have to make the the judgment call of like what's a catchable ball and to what degree the defender interfered and whether or not the defender was making a play on catching the ball. Yeah, um, I mean, a, a computer could do it, but it would be different than... Is it in oh, the line right. or over the line? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, if you want yeah, to... It's, it's subjective in nature, and yeah. computers are not very good at subjectivity. Exactly, yeah. yet. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. You just put, you know, you just put... You can just, you know, write a code. It's like, yeah. you can't... If the ball is this close to somebody, you can't hit them before, it, like, get they get a chance to make a play on it, you know? True. You'd have to get some like sensitive way of clothes or smart yeah, clothes, you know, yeah. so they can sense whether or not someone else is touching you. Yeah, like yeah, but I feel like they can do that with like a camera, you know. Or that all the all the NFL <laughs> players are wearing those green screen suits with the little balls. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then, then we'd have some real Quidditch. Yeah, <laughs> right. And then you can like also you can just pay for like like on video games you can pay for different outfits for your characters you know yeah. so if you want to like if you want all of your football players to have like centaur bodies you can do that you just have to pay a, a yeah. certain amount to your cable provider oh that's a really good idea <laughs> would the entire game be played in front of a green screen like they'd get rid of live stadiums yeah. entirely. And you better you you better be careful. Goodell might be listening to this podcast and calling you up in about T minus five. Yeah, that's fine. Him and Ed McMahon gotta hammer out my contract. Frank? Yeah, it's not Ed. Ed McMahon's a different guy. Oh. Who's the guy? Who's the I guy? thought it was Steve. Frank McMahon? No, 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 the no, w no. the WWE guy. Yeah. 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 It's uh, Vince. Vince. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Vince McMahon, yeah. Yeah, that guy, you need to get on that guy's payroll fast. Man, professional wrestling, they would love to have that green screen technology. Like, you could have, like, fire pits that you throw the other guys into and shit like that. It would just be Mortal Kombat, but human beings. (laughs) Kind of. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, yeah. um, That would be entertaining. Right. That's a that's a weather writing campaign right there, guys. Um, <laughs> okay, so I mean, last thought on the NFC game. I'm I, that was one of those games I watched where I was super glad I didn't really care who won that football game. I feel the pain of New Orleans Saints fans, but as a mostly neutral bystander, I kind of was pulling for the LA Rams but not really, I was like, man, that game is fun, and I don't really, like, shit happens, New Orleans. Like, sometimes that happens to you. Sorry it happened to you guys this time. Right. Shit happens. No, that's the way I feel about it, is that, like, I, it was, it was bad, I saw the replay. <laughs> it's, a, it's hilariously bad. <laughs> it was really bad. Yeah. 
But at the same time, shit like that happens a yeah. lot. Yeah. There's like a lot of missed calls in the NFL. And there's like a lot of missed calls. Yeah. <clears throat> and that one was like particularly bad. But you can't just point to that one time. Agreed. And be like, we got to change all of the rules because of this fucking horrible thing that happened because yeah. something like that happens like multiple times in every single game. And maybe it was like at a little more pivotal moment right. than some other times, but like it happens all the time. It's true. We as a watching like, body like to boil every single mishap down to a certain single scapegoat when there are a thousand other little things that get you to that point. Yes. Yeah, Totally. Um, so you guys were more invested in the AFC game. Did you have a good time watching it? Uh, Eli, did you shit a brick a couple of times or what? <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to lie. There was a moment there when I, I felt physically ill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like like it wasn't enjoyment. It wasn't nervousness. It wasn't, it was like I felt sick. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was very unpleasant. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty terrible i like bent over at the waist and was like oh boy <laughs> so but, the patriots uh, jumped out to this early 14 nothing lead they were up 14 nothing at halftime and the first half was more or less new england domination yeah they, uh, they had the ball out of 30 minutes they had it for 22 minutes right now. and kansas city couldn't get their offense going and you could tell that the Patriots had come with a very specific game plan. They were running it a lot. They were going slow, taking their time, and just trying to keep the ball away from Mahomes and the Kansas City offense. Yeah, when, their first drive took like almost 10 minutes. That was amazing. That was like Most of yeah. the first quarter was one drive. Yeah. Um, uh, and they were like really the kind of the only – that game was – Weird, I thought, uh, because I thought, Simon, I thought that like the Patriots, everyone's talking about how it was a great game. I felt like the Patriots did almost everything in their power to give that game away. Yeah, and and the Chiefs didn't play a very good game. Like I think the Chiefs played a horrible game actually, and people were like, "Oh, it's such such a great battle between two great teams." Right. It's like, man. Patriots tried to lose that game. They, like, won that game in spite of themselves. One thing I, that I was shocked by, because I watching the game, especially in the second half, I didn't get the impression that New England was dominating. But then you look at the stats, and New England controlled every major stat. Yards gained, time of possession, first downs, Third the first down downs conversions. was incredible. Yeah, plays. They had more than 90 plays, and I think Kansas City had 47, 50? Yeah, 49, 49. Right. Yeah. But then you watch the game, it went into overtime. So am yeah. I underestimating the brilliance of Mahomes? I mean, there are the two interceptions that Brady threw. I don't know. It, it On paper, it looks like a New England domination. For a game that well, went into overtime. Yeah, it was definitely the, over, the turnovers because one was at the one, right? They were on the yeah. one year on line with Kansas City and there was an interception in the end zone that should have been, or could have been rather, another seven points for the Patriots. 
uh, that didn't. Should have that drive two points. Should have been seven points, and they, uh, and that was after another drive that took you know whatever eight minutes. Um, and then there was the the punt that didn't touch Edelman. Oh yeah, they, they were having such a heyday on TV about that. They're like, oh, you know. Looks like it touched his thumbs here, and it looks yeah. like it touched his thumbs there. But this shot, it's obvious it didn't touch any thumbs. But we're still going to speculate wildly about it right. touching thumbs, which I thought was over dramatic. Anyways, then they immediately passed, and there was that other interception which led to a touchdown. So that you know, to me, that was it was definitely the, the turnovers that made it anywhere close to what it should have been yeah. had yeah. those turnovers not happened. <laughs> yeah. But I also think that, I mean, maybe Mahomes was, you know, nervous or whatever, but he didn't play very well. No. no. The Chiefs' defense was terrible. Chiefs' defense they, was bad, yeah. They could, not, they could not put a stop, get a stop on third down to save their lives. It was like... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how many like third and longs the Patriots converted, but it yeah. felt like a million. Yeah, yeah. Did you watch that last drive, the overtime drive, with on CBS with Tony Romo commenting? Yeah, that was the funniest fucking thing I've seen in a long time. I think it, there were three third and longs that the Patriots faced on that overtime drive. Each time Romo is like, "Oh, they're gonna throw it to Gronk right here." And then they did it. And then he was yeah. like, oh, the Chiefs have Gronk double team, so they're going to go to Edelman in the flat. And then they did it. It was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Tony Romo was just like, yeah, he's going to throw it right here, get a first down. And he was exactly he's, right each time. <laughs> he's been getting a lot of love today. He should. I think it's justified. Yeah. 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 Well, everyone in, in the biz, too, is just like, you know, take note. It really pays off when you have someone in the booth who actually knows what the fuck they're talking about. Well, and not only that, he has a way. Maybe he'll get worse at this, worse at this as he gets older and falls into cliches. But he has a way to make you understand what is actually happening in the game. Right, yeah. as, as it's happening, not yes. in replay. Yes. Yeah. I know it's I'm appreciated. Kind of... I feel like... It's a good hit for him to like. I feel like he's like a student of Tom Brady. Like they had a pretty similar sort of. Yeah, it's hard to remember that he's quite a bit younger than Tom Brady. <laughs> right. Yeah. And he's not in the league anymore. But I feel like when he was, he was, you know, a pocket passer. wasn't super uh, mobile. Like was kind of this played the same kind of game. And especially like, you know, when he had that one good year when they were supposed to be really good, the, cow the Cowboys, and that that was the football that they were playing, was the same football that the Patriots were playing. Uh -huh. Like, heavy on the ground, pass it on third down to the running back. You know what I mean? Right. Or the tight end. Or the tight end, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, you know, I don't know that he... Oh, whatever, I'm just not... You, you mean... Man. I just feel like... It's like he was good at this game, and I feel like it's because, like, for his entire playing career, he tried to play like Tom Brady and, like, studied Tom Brady. Uh -huh. And they were, like, playing a Cowboy-style sort of offense uh -huh. because of, you know, limited receiver. Uh -huh. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, <coughs> oh, what? 
So, do you guys know Cook Hoop Street? The no. He does college sounds football. Like a, sounds like a made-up name. It does, doesn't it? He does college football for ABC, ESPN, and I watch him a lot. And I actually think he's pretty good at his job, but he has three or four cliche sayings that he'll fall into when he's trying to provide analysis of a football game. One thing mm-hmm. you'll hear him say a lot is the defense really pinned their ears back on that one. He says it three times a game. It gets really annoying eventually because he's been doing this for a while now. He's not that old. And I also think he was a linebacker at Ohio State when he played football. But one thing, when I was watching this game last night, Herb Street, who again I think is good, he doesn't illuminate the game. He doesn't let you know what's happening in the football game. He's basically only saying platitudes such as they need to get a stop. Well, yeah. of, of fucking, of course they need to get a stop. But <laughs> it's Collinsworth. That's yeah, yeah. They really need a stop right now. They really need yeah. to score. They can't leave points on the board on this drive. No fucking shit, man. <laughs> I think of Jack doing the goddamn football game. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Sam, or maybe Sam does this, but I may have talked about it on this podcast as well. As I, this is what I I take a, a great uh, exception in sports reporting as well. Like uh-huh. most TV reporters of sports, especially, will be like, you know. Why do you think you won the game today? <laughs> to which the answer is, we scored more points than they did. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. they're a really great team, but we scored more points than <laughs> right. they did. Yeah. yeah. Right. They played a great game, <laughs> but in the end, we scored more points than they did. How do you think you pulled this one off today? <laughs> the fuck? It's 12 to 6. <laughs> That's how we won. Uh, it's the same type of thing, you know, it's like the details are actually quite apparent, but for some reason we're dressing them up. Yeah. You know? Well, and that's the thing I feel about American football specifically, which would make it hard to be a good announcer because there's so much strategy and there's so much tactics going on. But at the end of the game, at the end of the day, it's about can you catch the ball without dropping it? Can you make that tackle in open space, right? All the strategy and tactics don't do you a, a hill of beans of good if you don't have the athletes who can execute it. Uh, yeah. I think, I mean, that's true to a degree of all sports, but especially um, NFL football and, and college football. Um. So I'm assuming you guys are going with the Patriots to win the Super Bowl. I think so. Yeah. I think one of the reasons that the Patriots, I think that that game should have been not as close as it was. I feel like that Patriots game should have been a blowout. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like, you know, if they score that touchdown in the second quarter, they end up at the half 21 to nothing. And... The game is the second half is a very different flavor, uh-huh. um, but and I think that one of the reasons that the Patriots I don't know if you guys saw that graphic on the TV, but it was something that the Patriots had thirty six players who had AFC Championship game experience, 
and the Chiefs had zero. Yeah. Or or like it was something that yeah it was like 123 AFC Championship games worth of experience on the Patriots team. Right. And zero. Zero on the Chiefs. And I think that right. the, I think that uh, there's two players on the Rams that have uh, Super Bowl experience, and it's like a similar number on the uh-huh. Patriots before. Uh huh. That makes sense. So I think that that, and I think that you can't really, you know, like that game was really close in Kansas City, but the Patriots kind of played a little bit of a sloppy game at times, and if they tighten that shit up, it's a blowout, uh-huh. and the, and you know that's it's hard to win on the road, especially in shitty weather, and especially at Arrowhead, which is a really loud stadium, and I think that. I think that it's experience that kind of pulled them through that, you know? I can see that. Yeah, I also think that, um, that it, you know, we talk a lot about the players and the game itself, but, um, you know, Andy Reid is no, is no slouch. He's been in the league for a long time. He knows Bill Belichick probably better than most. Because he's like 0-12 against him. Yeah, they played against each other for years. And he's lost a lot of experience too. Andy Reid, right? But he, I mean, yeah. he, you know, he he really did adjust to the the Patriots defense well in that game, and I'm not sure that other coaches would have huh. been able to do that as well on the fly. Uh-huh. And I think that Bill Belichick just eats young coaches alive, which is what <laughs> McVay is. McVay, the youngest so, coach, yeah. right? Yeah. So, like, you know, McVay's been very successful in his two years um, and I think a big part of that is not actually at all related to him. Uh-huh. Isn't he like 10 years younger than Tom Brady? Yeah, he's 32. Yeah. I think they were saying, <laughs> saying yeah. McVay was a he, sophomore in high school when they when Tom Brady won his first Super Bowl, something like that. That makes sense. He's 10 years younger than Tom Brady. 17 years ago, he would have been 15. So... So when Tom Brady won his first Super Bowl, the coach of the L.A. Rams was 15 years old. Right. Right. So there you have it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that it's, you know, I, I'm not take, trying to take anything away from McVay, but it's just oh, yeah. that, you know, how are you supposed to, You have to come into that game and just, like, hope that everything goes your way because strategically, you're overmatched. And there's nothing you can do about that. See, okay. I I think it's going to come down to the Patriots' defense getting one stop. I can see that. The Super Bowl last year, like, the offense couldn't have played much better. And the the difference in that game is that the Eagles' defense got one stop. There was only one punt in the entire game. And the Patriots' defense kind of – and the Patriots' offense – kind of walked all over a Chiefs defense that was pretty good. And the Rams defense is not as good, right? Am I right about that? I, see, I've read conflicting things. Okay, because here's what the Rams have. The Rams have um, Aaron Donald. Right, the best pass rusher in the league. Yeah, and they've got uh, Sue also, who is, you know, very good. The Patriots, I don't believe... Tom Brady has been sacked all postseason. Right. They have been able to protect him. I think the game is going to turn on if uh, 
LA's pass rush can put pressure on Brady and make him make quick decisions. Now I know he's you know not a rookie; he can make quick decisions, but that will change the 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 outcome of the game. I think I think that on pass plays Brady was getting rid of the ball on an average of two and a half seconds, which is very quick. Yeah. Which was very quick. Yeah. So it's like he's not even. It's not. I mean, the front the offensive line's been doing a great job with the run game and with the uh, pass protection, but he's also been helping them out by just chucking the ball so fast. Yeah. Because, like you know, I could probably hold back Sue for two and a half seconds. Well, maybe not. No, no. <laughs> but, I, don't think so, <laughs> I think you could. <laughs> two, two and a half seconds, Dude. maybe. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think he'd just lift you up and toss you aside in about a half Well, second. I mean, Aaron Donald, like, he gets double teamed and they can't hold him back two and a half seconds. Right. Aaron Donald's going to have to make several game-changing plays. Like, bat down balls, maybe not a sack, but knockdowns. He's going to have to do something to, to, to make New England's offense uncomfortable. Right. Because you know what? Uh, it's not the, the pass-heavy offense that it's been in the years past. It's true. like, it's got to be more about containing the run game and then getting to the passer. Like, that's because, right. you know, if they can get, they're like averaging six yards a run, it's like game over, you know? Oh, yeah. The Rams could have benefited off of there not being a week in between this week and the Super Bowl. Because... Of how how many plays the offense play. played yeah. um, this week True. for the Patriots? There's always two weeks, though. So. No, I know. Yeah. I well, there wasn't always two weeks. That's not how it always was. But yeah, for a while now. It has been for a while, and I I hate it. Oh really? You do? Yeah. Interesting. I hate it so much. Yeah. It's like, and they do the Pro Bowl in between, right? It's yeah, like, nobody. Who no, the fuck cares? Nobody the watches Bowl. the Pro Bowl. If nobody they actually the did the Pro Bowl in a way that, like, they could make people somewhat care about it, it would uh, be so much better. Yeah, because it it would be uh, like all the great players from the league. I don't know Pro Bowl. I, in my opinion, NFL's got the worst MVP uh, All Star game of any of uh, the major sports. Them. I mean, and basketball's bas- pretty bad. No, <laughs> see, I I I would put basketball as the best because nobody gives a shit. And it's just a, it's like a Harlem Globetrotters game. And the final score is 160 to 151. That's what I love about it. I love the NBA All-Star game. And I think... I think the NBA... I think MLB's done a better job recently. I think they didn't know what they were doing, but now it's fun. All-Star game should be fun, because it's an exhibition game. Right. Well, I kind of like it. No, I... We've talked about this a lot, but I did like it when the All-Star game mattered for right. in baseball. Right. And I know that I'm not I'm not agreed with, I think, on this podcast mm. specifically. But <laughs> I thought that, you know, you put something on the table and then it means something. And, and it can, you know, I don't know, you the best of the best competing against the best of the best that should mean something. It doesn't nah, exhibition, nah, it should be fun. Exhibition, exhibition game should be for retired people. <laughs> that's, that's how that should be. <laughs> They got all those years after their pros to like you know do their like, charity events. No, no, it's in the All Star game that 
JBJ should try to do a double backflip before he tries to catch a fly out, right? That's what some shit you should do in an all-star game. Right? <laughs> like, it should be fun. You should try to steal... No, because... You should, you, should, you should have your guys try to steal third on every pitch. That's what I would do if I were managing an all-star game. <laughs> oh, can can we talk one more thing about the AFC uh, championship? Yeah, we got eight. We got eight minutes left. Um, we don't have to talk about baseball, but good. Uh, well, we just you know we we haven't touched upon it. I think that if maybe we were Kansas City Chief fans, we'd probably be harping on this pretty hard. Overtime, overtime. Yeah, overtime. Um, you know the fact that we won the coin toss. Uh, the Patriots won the coin toss, and then they marched down the field, yeah. scored, ended the game without Mahomes having a chance. Yeah, what a great back on the field. that was! Damn, <laughs> what a great what drive! Oh, it was yeah. a great drive. All the third yeah. downs. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That drive and the drive to score the touchdown right before the game ended too. Yeah. Well, that drive was also a great drive. Terrible until that guy lined up offside. Yeah. Oh, D4. that interception, man. Yeah. That changes they, like, the history. They barely talked about it on the freaking I know. TV, but, that interception. That was the whole game. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, Chiefs win that, that game if that... Offside, the game would be over. And they, like, barely even touched on the game. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. That, that play was huge. I think the big difference between the AFC and the end of the AFC game and the end of the NFC game was that the AFC game went as the rules were intended. And the debate is, is that rule fair? Whereas the end of the NFC game was, we didn't follow the rules. Do you see what I'm saying? You mean the rules being that the Patriots scored and that the, that's the end of the game. Chiefs were not allowed back on the Right. I mean, that's the yeah. rule. No, I'm not. I'm not it, yeah, I think you're right in that uh, analysis. But I think that the, you know, I, I'm not sure whether or not going to like a college style of, of overtime where each team gets the ball on the 20 or 10 or whatever mm-hmm. it might be, gets four shots to get it in, is the answer. Right. But um, I definitely prefer that. I like, that it just seems a little weird that you don't get a shot. Yeah, you should get a shot. Yeah. I don't understand why they can't just play a like a eight-minute quarter. I think that they should just... I think that I disagree, and I think that sudden death should be expanded. <laughs> Go on. Like, I think that if one team scores... If I think if a team scores a touchdown on the opening drive of the game, the game should just be over. Right. And then we'd get through games way faster. We could play, like, right. three games a day. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I think it should be like a round robin, sudden death overtime. You play best out of seven games. I love it. Yes. Uh, what <clears throat> happens if you score a field goal on the opening drive? Well, then the other team gets a chance, and gotcha. if they score a touchdown game over. They win. So so yeah. every, every play, you're just playing sudden death. Right, exactly. Yeah. No, I'm down to that. If tied, if you end up with a tie after a full quarter's worth, everyone goes to jail. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's something. There's like a jousting match. <laughs> right. Like the quarterbacks have to box each other until one of them is unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, 
everyone's drafting Mike Tyson to play quarterback. <laughs> it's like there has to be. It's like a fight to the death. Right. Right. Raise the stakes. <laughs> Gladiator style. I don't know. I like golden goal. You know what I mean. I like. Uh, I like shootouts and soccer. I, people complain about these things, but I like it. Well, why not have it like uh, if you score a touchdown, the other team gets a chance to go the full length of the field and also score a touchdown, and the only way it ends is on a defensive touchdown. They have to score a touchdown. The offense has to score a touchdown, though. Like a field goal and they lose. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So if you were fourth and even you know, within field goal range, but down a touchdown, you're not going to kick the field goal. Now, that's one reason why I like the college rules, though. College rules are kind of, you're playing horse, right? Like, Right, but you start at the 10. No, you start at the 25. Or 25. Well, yeah, and, and I would probably move it back for pro. I'd move it back to, like, the 35. Cause, cause, I think you should just kick it off. Kick it off like a regular, if you score a touchdown or a field goal, you kick it off just like any mm, other play. Okay. But you either match it. Or yeah, you could do that. So it just uh, seems so weird that the game uh, would end after a touchdown. Yeah, and and then it's not right that Kansas City offense never got to take the field in overtime. But is it though? Is it not right? Like the game already ended. Like we went through all of regulation. Well, what you're saying is whoever wins the coin toss wins the game. Because if, if they can score a touchdown. If they can score right, a touchdown. But in this game, you had, as the defenses got tight, the game was 17-7 to going like, into the fourth quarter, and it was like 31-31. Like, I felt like when we won that coin toss, the Patriots going to win. Yeah. And like, it, I didn't, like, I was nervous when they were flipping yeah. the coin because I felt like whoever gets the ball first... You know, of course, you have the better chance of winning, but especially with those two teams, it felt like whoever was going to get the coin toss was going to win. Yep, and that's going to become more and more the case as offenses get more potent. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't see a problem with it. All right. I, I mean, I would be saying the same thing if the Patriots had lost that game. I don't, you know, it's, uh, it's a, it, like the, it's the same thing as the, like, missed call. It's like, if your team loses, you're going to bitch about it. You know what I mean? But my team won, and I still <laughs> I don't know, man. It's, I think that it's just, I think. I'm really happy that that's the rule in this <laughs> particular moment. But I have felt like, I felt that way last night, and I also felt that way in you know, that, that's been the rule for like four years or something. It used to be yeah, different, to be, right? Well, it used to be any score and any win. score. Any score. Yeah. You just had to get the All you had to do was kick a field goal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> get to like people kicking like 65 yarders. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that it, I think that the point is, is just that like, I mean, fuck, a football game's long for those guys who are playing. It's like yeah. what you're just going to like draw it out. I don't. I just don't see the point of fucking play like, once a week. <laughs> golden goal is what I. Golden think. goal. Golden. I like the golden goal. Golden boot. Yeah. All right. Uh, we gotta start wrapping this up. Um, I had. Uh, we'll talk about it's. It's not baseball season. All right. We're not talking baseball because it's not baseball season. Um, Wait. I want to talk some shit about Evan Longoria though. Okay, do, let, it. do it. Yeah, because I fucking hate that guy. 
Why? <laughs> I don't know. I kind of always have hated that guy, and I don't really know why. I think it's probably because he played for the Rays for so long, and those are like the actual like Red Sox rivals. If you talk about actual animosity between teams, like there's way more fistfights in between the Red Sox and the Rays than the Red Sox and the Yankees uh-huh. if you go back the last 10 years. Because the Rays have been better than the Yankees over the last 10 years. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's also not true. Close! <laughs> but anyway, point is, Evan Longoria sent a tweet out this week that was like, the fans have to rise up and demand that Manny Machado gets paid $300 million because it's these greedy billionaires being greedy with money at their team, and it's us poor, poor, like, baseball players have worked so hard to be worth what we believe that we're worth, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's just made me so angry that he would be, like, appealing to me, who will never see $300 million (laughs) ever in my life, Unless it's like I walk past a really expensive building and I'm like, oh, that building costs $300 million. <laughs> and things like us poor baseball players may be like relegated to only making $18 million a year and for working eight months out of the year. You know what I mean? And it's like, fuck you, Evan Longoria. If you think that you're going to like appeal to my like sympathy for poor Manny Machado, who thus far has only gotten offered $175 million over the next eight years to fucking play baseball. Like, he gets the winners off. Give me a break. Preach, brother. Preach. Preach. It's, it's obscene that the baseball player would appeal to, you know, your average baseball fan that doesn't make, you know, a ton of money and be like, Oh, we have it so hard. These mean old bosses are like only giving us $20 million a year. And we feel like we're worth $35 million a year. And it's like, fuck you, man. Like, give me some of your money. (laughs) I will will, like root for you, you know? I I disagree. (laughs) I think you're wrong. We need to we need to have a show about this. That was amazing. That was great. That was great, Sam. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. Like, I, I think that, uh, basically, I think stable metrics is fucking over players. I've talked about this before. That the owners are like, oh, I can, and the cable news stuff. We talk about this a lot. That the owners are realizing that they can save so much money by never doing an A-Rod-style contract ever again. That you're not going to actually hook your bottom line. You're not going to win, but you're going to save a lot of money, and you're going to make the same amount of money. So that's going to, like, suppress uh, salaries for the top baseball players. And so I don't think it's a conspiracy. I think it's just economics. But I think that... What we're seeing is it's not worth it to spend on winning baseball games anymore. And I think that there are are bad repercussions for that. 
But you just said that they're screwing over baseball players. Yeah, I think they are screwing over baseball players. $175 million over eight years. You can't call that screwing somebody over. Yeah, but that's a, fair to that's a drop in the bucket. Why don't, why, don't you, why don't you say it that way? Okay, if, yeah. If you're, if, I agree, like, if, you know, what the league would do if it was altruistic is change the revenue-sharing model of how franchises have to pay their players, right? Right. But we live in a capitalist society. And well, and the players screw themselves over. Commodities. Yeah, my, so my that's hot, really what it comes down to. Yeah, my, my take is the players did it to themselves. They agreed to this uh, mechanism being placed in the CBA that is incentivized, because they wanted to protect themselves, what they ended up doing is incentivizing ownership to give dirt contracts to rookies rather than invest in $30 million contracts to veterans. Um, yeah, that, that's my opinion. But I, got, I, I got to back that up. I don't have any stats to back that up yet. That's my, my hunch. I think that if they just changed the league into a model in which like, you make more money together as a team, players and owners, if you win, Right, like, which doesn't how much exist more right that now. Incentivize teams to yeah. be good. Yeah, no, I agree <laughs> with that. How could you do that, though? I don't know. I mean, I mean, the teams who spend the most money are the teams who win. Red Sox, Yankees, Dodgers, Cubs. You spend more money, you're going to win baseball games. The issue is, what do you do with the Pittsburgh Pirates? That's a question. Right, and what do you spend your money on? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But. I think that, like, the idea of a millionaire appealing to, like, a regular working person and, like, bitching about their salary is, at best, tone deaf. And at worst, just, like, really, really kind of disgusting. You know what I mean? Like, Evan Longoria hasn't been good for a long time. Oh, yeah. And, like, how much money is he getting paid this year? Fifteen million dollars, right? Like, right. To play on a losing team, like to play poorly on a losing team, and he's complaining about like the salaries that his peers are making. Like that's ridiculous. But then why yeah. are you he, like? Let's also not forget his really terrible rat tail back in the day. Right. <laughs> yeah, when he was good, <laughs> he did not rock. People can rock that, but he did not rock that well. <clears throat> the, but the money's out there. It's not like the owners can't afford to pay the players. It's that the right, owners are saying, like we're they, not they, going to pay the players. They're finding out that the players aren't actually worth as much as they previously yes. thought. You know? Yes, exactly. Like 40 home yeah. runs is not worth as much as it used to be because they found out that like 40 home runs doesn't really mean as much as they thought it did. Right. That's, that's <laughs> the big sea change. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that if, like, these players want to be getting, like, they have to bring extra value to the table if they want to be getting paid. Like, if they're only worth four more or whatever more than an average player, like, what else they got to bring, do? you know, they got to bring some star power to it. And that's, like, a that's problem that baseball has had for a long time is that there are these, like, people, they're getting paid so much fucking money, they don't have to do anything other than just play baseball. And you end up with these, like, bland... Where's the weatherman trap? 
Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Weatherman. The weatherman problem. The fucking weatherman trout. And like, yeah. he's the most boring human being. <laughs> like, nobody loves him. He's unlovable. <laughs> nobody loves you, Mike Trout. Get used to it. Nobody fucking loves you, Mike Trout. Your favorite TV show is The Weather. <laughs> Your favorite team is the Philadelphia Eagles. Give <laughs> me a break. It's like, he's the best baseball player in the game, right? right. It's like pretty, right. pretty universally agreed upon. Right. And he brings absolutely nothing to the table other than that. And this is right. like a sports, this is like an entertainment package right if you want to get paid 300 million dollars you better bring some entertainment you know off the field or whatever like yasiel puig exactly i would pay yasiel puig more money than i would pay mike trout yeah me too or not maybe more money <laughs> I would pay him like not uh, not like i would pay him more like a smaller difference in salary than their skill level would suggest yeah yeah. Because Yasiel Puig's going to get my team on, on TV more. You yeah. know what I mean? He's going to, like, lick an umpire on the face. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to, like, fuck a plant, you know? <laughs> <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> and put you need to get that guy, Doc... Uh, Doc? What was his name? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Doc Ellis? Doc Ellis? Shout yeah, out, Doc, Doc Ellis. Ellis episode. We've had so many mentions of Doc Ellis. Doc Ellis Mike is mentioned on this show so often. <laughs> Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's star power. Yeah. yeah. If, if, if like once a week a picture was pitching Just, while tripping, up, tripping on acid, people would watch that shit. Yeah. <laughs> My friend should get a face tattoo. You know what I mean? Yeah. He should do something. He should, like, I don't know. Because it's an entertainment business. He's not a celebrity. You know what no, I mean? you don't. Nobody knows who Mike Trout is. He looks right. like the guy who works at your Subway sandwich restaurant. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's like he makes the best damn Subway sandwich in the country. <laughs> yeah. But it's yeah. At the end of the day, he does nothing else. <laughs> he goes. Everyone, everyone who doesn't know baseball just keeps wondering why they hired this really boring person who works at Subway to be their spokesperson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we had Jared, so he's an improvement <laughs> over <laughs> he's to keep it real bland. Yeah. <laughs> We kind of fucked up with that last one. So let's they, really, they really needed to like clean up their image after Jerry. <laughs> yeah, let's get some like untoasted white bread in here. <laughs> but we thought we were getting untoasted white bread, and instead we got pedophilia. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, 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 what, you know... Ryan Howard. What is what is Manny Machado bringing to the table other than playing baseball? He's a character. Kinda. Yeah. Bryce Harper. I mean, he's a villain. He's a villain. Yeah, we've talked about that. Bryce Harper, like he's supposed to be the face of the franchise, but is he doing that well enough? I don't know. I know. I don't know. I feel like they're trying really hard to make him. Right, but he's kind of un—he's—he's he's kind of unlikable, also. Right. Yeah. Well, Big Poppy was such a huge personality. It kind yeah. of feels like Mookie Betts is starting. To he can do it. Sort of fill in that void. They're trying to make Aaron Judge, but I don't think he's got the charisma. Yeah, you know, okay. I uh, follow Jackie Bradley Jr. on Instagram. Uh huh. I feel like that guy 
him and J.D. Martinez both could probably up their public face a little bit because their inner their Instagram feeds are like really good, both of them. All right, do we want to play a game? We're ten minutes over. Yeah, okay. Um, All right, here's the game. Um, so on Twitter this week there was a huge brouhaha over whether or not you would go back in time to murder baby Hitler or not. Mm-hmm. Which I would, obviously. But not to prevent Hitler. I'd do a lot of other shit before that. If you had access to a time machine. I'd go back and give baby Hitler like a dick tattoo on his face. <laughs> yeah. You know? And that way you don't have to kill a baby, but there's no way he becomes <laughs> the, the third rank with like big cock and balls across his forehead, you know? <laughs> Fucking brilliant. <laughs> you crack the code there, Sam. Yeah. You don't have to kill anyone. That, it's like, what's the worst thing you've ever done? Well, I gave a baby a dick tattoo. <laughs> don't worry. It was Hitler. <laughs> and then they'd be like, who? Right. You know, that guy with the dick tattoo on his face. You know, that shitty German-Austrian artist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so if you had a time machine and you could go back in time and change any one sporting event, which sporting event would you change? I would change the 1999 Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals between the Portland Trailblazers and the LA Lakers. I'd try to give Shaq food poisoning or something like that. Because the Blazers were on the cusp of making the NBA Finals, and then they choked that lead at the end. And I was a ninth grader. I was 15 years old. That was the last time the Blazers even got close to the NBA Finals. Was that Rasheed Wallace, or that was before? That was Rasheed Wallace. That was Rasheed Wallace, Scottie Pippen, Ovita Sabonis. Uh, I think Damon Stoudemire was on that team also. It's so weird to think of Scottie Pippen existing outside of... He was good. He played for the Trailblazers for like three years. He was really good for them. Yeah. He, he was so mad about that. He's the one who like knocked over a towel rack after they lost that game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can I go next? Yeah. Yeah, go. Um... <clears throat> So, I guess it was 2003, Game 7 of the ALCS between the Red Sox and Yankees. Uh, Grady Little with the Red Sox up 5-2 decided to leave in Pedro Martinez, um, who went on to give up some serious hits. The Yankees come back, and um, was that the Boone home run? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Yeah, Sam, Sam, you and I watched that game together. Yeah. Yeah. That was, you know, 2004 came next the next year. Right. But you yeah. didn't know it at the time. You didn't know it at the time. Yeah. And uh, for someone, I you know, I was quite a, a bit younger at that point, and that felt like the worst thing that had ever happened to me right. in sports or could ever happen to me in sports and probably is the worst thing that has ever happened to me in sports. <laughs> and that's taking out Pedro earlier in that game would have been the thing that I would go back and change. Man, having those crushing losses, though, 
in childhood or young adulthood, I think is fundamental to, like, sports experience. Like, I don't get kids who grow up being like, oh, yeah, I rooted for, like, the Lakers and the Cowboys in the 90s. So well, we, New England fans who have grew up who were, were born now, in about 2001 have been right. pretty fucking well. Right, which is why I don't trust them. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to grow up super stunted. Exactly. Total asshole. Because <laughs> they've only known success. Or like 50% success rate. Yeah, it's true. Right. It's been, a good, it's been a good 20 years. Right. Good years. For Boston sports. Yeah. The uh, I bet you a lot of people would go back and change the day that Drew Bledsoe got hurt. Oh yeah, everybody who's not everybody who's not no 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 everyone who's not a Patriots fan who's not a Patriots fan oh would go back and like sing Drew Bledsoe that day yeah like Drew Drew Bledsoe leads the Patriots to like three AFC championships in four years but they keep losing to like. Pittsburgh or something like that. Right. Yeah. I think the uh, the helmet catch. Oh, oh, eight, 2000, yeah, 2009 Super Bowl. And you would think, I agree with Eli's. Eli's is really good. Um, but I just, I live in New York, and I just feel like I've taken so much shit for that game. Right. Like, it was just, it's just... New York fans are pretty insufferable, you know what I mean? And they don't, you know, it's not like a logical thing where it's like, oh, yo, the Patriots have been to nine Super Bowls in the past eight, like, 15 years or whatever. It's like, yeah, about that uh, one Super Bowl, you know? And, uh, when uh, Eli Manning beat Tom Brady, you guys ever see that one? Huh? Remember that one? And that was the 16-0 and 0 year, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I gotta be like, I don't, I don't even mind losing one out of two to the Giants. It's just if we had won that first one, I feel like that would have been just way less annoying. My life since that point would have been way less annoying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, you're owing two against the Giants. Yeah, they did. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just That's saying we've won the first one. You would have had mind, one. Yeah, I don't mind losing one of the two. Right, right, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's a good one. All right. But what do you? What would you have changed? Is the question. That, oh, I don't know. I guess play. they would have, like broken that guy's leg before the game. <laughs> <laughs> Just run out and tackle him yourself before the play happened. <laughs> <laughs> tattoo, right. tattoo a cock and ball. You would have grown up reading a big old yeah. cock and balls tattoo right before the game. Look <laughs> right at his face. Sam gets, <laughs> Sam gets access to a time machine and suddenly half of America has <laughs> cock and balls. <laughs> right. It's just like a lot of babies with cock and ball tattoos. Sam, this isn't even baby Hitler. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Alright. On that note, let's close this up. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. We're at one hour twenty minutes. This is a long one. I'll try. Meh. I say I'm gonna edit it, but that's a lie. Um, 
Uh, this been, every minute. Wait, this is good. This is good. This is comedy gold. Anyway, uh, this has been Dump on the um, Season 5, Episode 3. Check us out on iTunes. Check us out on SoundCloud. Tweet at us at twitter.com. Facebook page. We'll post this on the Facebook page, and we also have a WordPress page that's just the same thing. Um, we didn't talk about some shit that we should talk about next week. We can go back into this baseball issue, Australian Open. Uh, we didn't talk about the Australian Open. We had two weeks until the Super Bowl. We're in the doldrums, though. It's almost February. The, like, the dark time is coming. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to have to be stretching for coming up with shit to talk about on this podcast. Um, well, that's never usually a problem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we had the Winter Olympics last year. That was pretty good. Yeah, we did oh, We yeah. did get a stretch with the Winter Olympics last year. That was, that was pretty good. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, happy moment with the King Day. Um... Have a good evening and a pleasant tomorrow. Let's have Eric Allen Thames play us out. Yeah, everyone should look this video up too. It's so good. His mask is kind of creepy. Like. In the American version, they have these elaborate costumes, but he's just wearing like a, like a scary ass like scream mask. <laughs> yeah, I know. I wanted to ask about that, but then I didn't ask about that. Why is he the hip hop boy? <laughs> Spoiler. Spoiler. Exactly. Right. <laughs> uh. Tighter.